Hey there, boys and girls. Welcome to this week's episode of Not Bravo's Halloween's Top 100 Scariest Horror Movie Moments, 2008-ish to now. <laughs> We're doing this. I like any series that has the letters ish in it is a winner. Ish. Because I realized one of our picks, this one is an ish, but it's so good that, like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> I'm, I'm, done, I'm done policing it. I'm done policing it. Agreed. Um, okay, before we get started, we're, do, this, we're doing this one remote. We're doing this one remote. So if it sounds a little different, that's the reason why. But more importantly than all that, I forgot how we ended the last episode. It completely left my mind. And then I was talking to Alex and them about their podcast and like some reviews. And I was like, I wonder if we got any other reviews. And I looked and we have two new reviews. And both of them read STL. And I went, huh? What does that mean? And then it all dawned on me that we were talking about. Yeah, we were talking about Mike Flanagan's uh love for degloving people. And we I hope I hope these what's funny is Okay, so shout out to Mike and Thermonator86 for your for, for your iTunes reviews. Uh, Mike actually put in a hand emoji. That's with amazing. ST, with STL uh, written down on it. And so that that actually made my my whole entire week YouTube. Yeah, was, we have the best listeners, and and you have come up with the most bizarre ways to solicit for reviews. And it's still working. It's amazing. It's amazing. You're I not know. pre-planning it. It's coming from the content of the episode itself. And it's it's just amazing that it's working. I can't wait to see what you do next with I know. I'm looking at how it ends. And so I have a few <laughs> ideas and I'm I'm scared. I'm s I am scared i do not I don't I know how it ends too, and I yeah, I'm scared too. I don't want it to get out of hand. Um if okay, you've so been ex if you've been exercised, leave a review. <laughs> <laughs> or have you been exercising so you can run away from some, some people uh okay so uh we are at number we we're gonna kick this off with number geez we took we took a we took a couple weeks off because the, the united states under, <laughs> underwent some cosmetic surgery um yep. So we are at number. Oh, this is number sixty. Okay, perfect. So, oh, we're getting. So yeah, we're gonna. We're getting into the back half of the list. Ooh, this is good. This is this is good shit. Okay, so without any without any further waiting, let's hop into number sixty. Let me start my my, my timer here, and I'll flow. I'll throw it up there when we get, when we get close here. Sweet. Okay, this movie had to make an appearance at some point in time on this list. Um, I'm going uh, number 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 sixty. I'm gonna give it to uh, Cabin in the Woods. Now, don't take this out of your time because I just want to say how hilarious it is that you picked a movie that was originally made in like 1942 and then released 60 years after it was filmed. <laughs> I forgot just about to, that. Just to screw up our time frame even more. I, <laughs> but, go, but go ahead. That movie. That movie did take forever. Forever to come on. Actually, before we get into the movie, I read a. Um, I was watching, oh, I forget what it was, some behind-the-scenes stuff. might have been even a TikTok of Cabin in the Woods. Um, but it had Chris Hemsworth before he blew up as Thor. And mm -hmm. uh, he was supposed to be, like, the hot, you know, beefy jock guy. But the the stoner, when they went, there's a scene where they go swimming in a lake. He keeps his clothes on. And the reason they did is because the guy who played the stoner is, like, jacked. 
<laughs> and so they couldn't have the stoner looking as beefy as the jock. Right. So that's uh, the opposite problem of every other stoner in the in the world. Yeah, it's the opposite. <laughs> like he's he's doing his P90X or whatever the hell people are doing uh, nowadays. So the scene that we're I'm picking for this one. It's really a no-brainer. In fact, I was trying to pull from like something earlier in the scene, like when they're in the actual cabin and stuff's happening. But like, it's funny that you think this is a no-brainer because the scariest scene to me is the motorcycle jump. I almost went with that. <laughs> that was the, that was the that, so I was trying to think of something in the cabin, and then the motorcycle scene is like, the, I mean, it, 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 that one's sort of like a yes because that's a very oh shit moment, like when like mm-hmm. you know the rules of the of the of the the, the movie set in. But I'm a monster lover, so I gotta mm-hmm. go. I gotta go with the with with the ending, which movie clips Fandango uh, calls that scene. Let's get the party started, which I <laughs> I, I, I absolutely love. And what's funny is even you know rewatching it, you know, because we, we like to watch the clip before we go in here, so we're refreshed and we know what to talk about. Even watching it this time, there are things that I caught now that i haven't seen even through my multiple times of watching this mm-hmm. and, and 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 more importantly when i watched it like it felt i was having this like wasn't anxiety but like i felt this rush of like, like a haunted house rush Rewatching, yeah. you know i got all my lights on i got a christmas candle you know i'm in the christmas spirit right now you know and, and yep. even even watching it then i still got that that vibe of like every corner is going to be something scarier and darker and listening to it with headphones because normally you know we watch the movies on our tvs with you know soundboards watching it with good headphones on uh there 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 was a there was one thing i picked up with i i, I think it's a banshee i think you would consider a banshee or a specter or whatever uh the the sound design of that and then they have this killer robot that makes this like <laughs> dentist drill noise and it, it, it's it's just a treasure chest for horror fans every time you look there's something new yep and and the merman, you gotta. Bradley Whitford at the end really, really, <laughs> really makes it. I love him as an actor, by the way. He is, he is He's phenomenal. Amazing. The 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 mermaid payoff at the end. It's one. Well, one. It's 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 the design of all the monsters is so good. The werewolf who they they show a lot is great. We get a killer unicorn. I love the the. Um, and then there's some the strangers references. The one yes. that really get yep yeah, yep yeah. those and um, the 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 uh, <laughs> the off brand Cenobites. I really yeah the, yeah those are hilarious. Those are I, I I actually really like the fact I never caught this until I just watched the scene with you just now. But the the mayhem of that scene is really what makes the re- kind of ridiculous ending work. Yeah, be, because because it just it's so chaotic and zany that when you would get spoiler, the entire world ends. <laughs> <laughs> but you feel like it's sort of inevitable, which would not work in most other movies, but really works here. And it's all set up by that monster scene. And what's what's what, the thing you just you just touched on is how how chaotic it feels. It's I think it's really hard to film chaos and have it still make sense to the viewer like it's organized chaos like there's there's a lot going on but i never feel really confused by it it's yep. like you know, this is kind of it reminds me of the first time i ever went to the golden corral i was like oh i was a young <laughs> young boy and i was like oh my god look at all this every time i walked up there was something new <laughs> it, well true and then the other thing which is really which is i think the neatest trick this movie pulls is it intentionally made the characters stereotypes, but you still care about them. Yes, yes, which is which is hard to. In fact, actually, one of my 
picks coming up on this list. Uh, it has a, a great scene in it, but a lot of characters that I, quite frankly, don't care about. So it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy how they uh, how they uh, they pulled that off. So kicking off, kicking off number sixty, Cabin in the Woods. Very good. Well, coming in at number fifty nine is 2012's found footage underrated masterpiece of the bay um so something really really odd about this movie I, I i don't know that there's anything else in horror like this i i, I it's hard for me to think of off the top of my head of something like this so this this movie is directed by barry levinson so, you want me to give you some Barry Levinson credits? Get <laughs> laying on, lay on me. You ready? All right. So, here's some Barry Levinson credits. Um, Good Morning Vietnam. Young Sherlock Holmes. <clears throat> right? Um, young Sherlock Holmes? Bu- yeah, Young Sherlock Holmes. Bugsy. Bugsy? <laughs> Bug- Bugsy. This guy... Has ne- I mean, he is like one of the cl- he's one of the classic Hollywood directors. He's one of those directors that like that directed like The Graduate or like you know any of those seventies and eighties high classic Hollywood like movies. And it's really weird that he decided to do a found footage horror movie out of nowhere. It's it's it would be like I'm trying to think of like our equivalent of this would be. You know, I don't know if Ron Howard directed like a slasher, a brutal NC-17 slasher movie, right? Like Barry Levinson's like Ron Howard of directors and he just comes out. The the, the reason I freaked out when you said young Sherlock Holmes. So this guy who did The Bay is a filmmaking pioneer. He had the first all CG character in film. Oh, wow. So in young Sherlock Holmes, there's this... um, like I think it's like a stained glass or something like that with a knight on it, and he like comes to life and 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 threatens someone or something like that. But it's it's the very first all CGI character. So That's this crazy. so this guy is a fucking maverick. Yeah, this guy exactly. It reminds me a little bit of Zemeckis too, where you know you yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It, it's like a full on Hollywood you know thing. But so the scene I'm picking is is the cop. Um, you know, shooting suicide scene. There's other scenes in the movie that are probably viscerally more terrifying because it's a found footage, flesh eating bacteria attacks a town movie. But for some reason, this scene really rattles me. And it's interesting because, um, you know, in movies like The Mist or, or this movie where the threat is made up, I find myself most rattled by the scenes that are human beings. Like in the, when I think of the mist, I don't think of the monsters or the tentacles or the, I think of the character interactions in the, Mrs. Carmody is the most terrifying thing in the mist to me. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And and in this movie, there's nothing in this scene that I picked, but for some reason, the scene really, really rattled me. In movies where the threat isn't made up, like a movie like Jaws or Rogue or, or whatever. It's those movies, I remember the monster as much as I remember the humans. But in the made-up threat movies, I tend to fix on the humans. I don't know why. It's a weird phenomenon. But 
there, there's something really you the the amazing thing is the the bet I made myself before you watched the scene came true. I told myself that when the guy got out of the car, you would say, "Don't get out of the car," or some version of "Don't, <laughs> don't get out." Of, before we even watched it, I thought to myself, "You'd be like, what are you doing? Don't get out of the car.'" And like you'd said something along that effect. So, because I, I was doing the same thing when I was watching this movie for the very first time, when he got out of the car, I'm like, "Man, I, I give you props for staying true to your profession, and you're gonna die." That's just all there is to it. So it's just a terrifying kind of like mini human Shakespeare tragedy in the middle of this found footage movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, and I, and I really dig it. So that's really it. It's not, it's not a fancy scene. It's not an elaborate scene. I just think it's perfectly it's executed. Heavy. It's heavy and it's perfectly executed by the guy who brought us good morning Vietnam. <laughs> <laughs> Which not coincidentally enough, I read an article today where they had written an entire sequel to good morning Vietnam. I think it was called like good morning Chicago or something like that. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this dude's career could have went all over the place. It ended up uh, ending it with, or not ending it, but throwing in a brain eating <laughs> thing, which whenever I see this movie, I always think of Michael Bay. I just, every time I see it, I'm like, Michael Bay? No, no. I, yeah, pretty bad. Not, <laughs> not, enough exp- not enough explosions. Uh, all right, so that's fifty. That's fifty nine. That so the Bay kicking off the fifties. That's fucking. That's gnarly. Um. All right. Well, I don't want to get too buried in this list <laughs> with number. Dun- oh, I got to do my. I got to do my. Dun- dun- ch- ch- dun- dun. Oh, that's right. You can only be buried. Uh. So, so deep, dung dung. I don't know. They got, probably would say some something stupid like that. They would. Uh, number fifty-eight. I'm going to go with buried. I'm going to go with the scene where Ryan Reynolds is buried underground. <laughs> underground. <laughs> there is no I like, scene. I really like that ninety-nine minute scene you picked. <laughs> yeah, there's. I mean, seriously, I was looking through it. I was like, or no, it didn't even occur to me. I was, I was thinking like, I'll pick like a really good scene, and then I started watching clips. I was like, they all fucking, they're all scary. Like the whole, but this, you have a very personal reason for picking this because this oh, is yeah. your yeah, yeah. So like, I'm never like, I'm not like super claustrophobic, right? Like, you know, like it doesn't really bother me like that much to be honest. But like, this is the first movie that like I I caught myself catching my own breath. Like it made me it made me feel so uncomfortable. And I think maybe after I saw the movie, I think I probably became a little more claustrophobic than I was before. So I'll, sure. I'll pin I'll pin the the blame on all this movie on, on this movie. Um, but the whole fucking thing just it, it makes it makes me breathe weird. I don't like it. I it, it makes me watching this movie makes me want to stretch. And <laughs> and you know like I, I remember there was an episode of Doug a 90, 90s cartoon called Doug, and he was scared to see a horror movie. There's a horror movie in his, his, his local movie theater and it scared him. And then he go, he sucks it up and he sees the movie and the monster turns around and he sees a zipper on the costume and he goes, oh, it's a fake, you know, it's a, it's a monster. I had to do something similar with Buried. I looked up behind the scenes of how to do it because, you know, they're not going to put a camera in. There's no, it's impossible. Right. You know, uh, but behind the scenes, you know, it's just basically like a bunch of different coffins with like one, the top part off or the side part off so that they can get certain shots off it. And after I saw the behind the scenes, I could finally like after years of like holding that anxiety from it, I could take a big. <sighs> that is so interesting that you had to like defang this movie. Yeah, I really I really did. And, and you know, I, I I think there's only been a handful of other movies that like really got to me the way this movie did at least at least 
there's other movies that mess with you like emotionally like we watched uh will you be my neighbor <laughs> so let me tell you about the waterworks <laughs> that movie provided and, and, and there's other movies where like you you feel something afterwards like another like another one on my list further down uh as actually my what my my topic for this chunk um that that hit me differently but it but it's usually mentally or like emotionally this was like the first time i ever felt anything physically like where i had to like <gasps> and like tell myself to breathe and like tell myself you know i'm not in that box <laughs> you know it's gonna be okay um yeah. you know if i had to if i had to nail it down to a scene it's really hard not to pick the ending when ryan reynolds yep. believes that the the people coming to save him are at his location and it turns out he's they're not <laughs> and and, he, and he's gonna kick the bucket um but I, I had to put this movie on here because i think out of almost all of them it's the only one that physically made me <laughs> that physically moved me yeah and that that buried alive fear is underrated you know in in movies people talk about you know they made arachnophobia and they make you know snake movies and they make like whatever but like the, the buried alive I, we, we've said this before even on this podcast but the vanishing the original one not the crappy american version it, it might be the only it might be the only movie that I never I I, w I couldn't rewatch. I, I just have yeah. never rewatched it. I've never gone back and revisited it because and that's never happened to me. Like I could rewatch Sallow and Human Said It. That doesn't matter. Like, but for some reason that Buried Alive thing is a really impactful. So yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. Well, um, the only other time where like I felt that way, it it actually Buried made me love Kill Bill. <laughs> <laughs> because of the scene when she like she gets does, like, out a little punch yep. on the thing there like in fact I, I think i remember watching barry and i was like just do the kill <laughs> the kill bill. yeah just do it just do, do the, the punch the, the kill the kill bill thing but the the um uh the the the, the buried alive thing you know, that that's the thing as like a horror fan is is I think when you watch horror movies, like when I watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I'm like, well, if I was her, I would have jumped out that window and took off like, you know, like she did or something like that. Like you, you'd like to put yourself in those scenarios. And the Buried Alive one is the only one where like, I just, I can't think of it. Like I cannot. Yeah, no, it's it. super powerful. I remember it was the only effective scene in The Nun. I, I hated the entire movie except for the the Graveyard Bells kind of like gimmicky <laughs> thing, which was cool. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was it was great. So it had, had so to be, I don't had to have, be on this list. I, I love it. I don't have the order in front of me, so why don't you introduce 58 and then I'll take it. Okay, uh, 50, actually, yeah, 50, dung, dung, 57, dung, 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 dung. is it a crocodile or an alligator? I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no. 57, rogue. You should introduce all of them for now. This is so good. I'll go for it. I'm down. <laughs> Okay, so Rogue, this movie is everything Crawl wanted to be and isn't. And mm. it was a tremendous movie. But the scene that I'm picking is just the end sequence. So there's a lot of scary moments. There's a there's a great moment early movie where the, the, the croc takes someone um, and it's in the blink of an eye. You don't even really see it happening. But, but it's so quick and it's so terrifying that the... Because... You sort of, like crocs are inherently scary, but you sort of mentally just give them the characteristic of slow. Mm -hmm. So when he just like, like Roadrunner dashes in and takes someone and leaves, you're like, you're like what is happening? But the ending is the most terrifying because 
The effects are really good, which they is surprising, up. right? Which is really surprising, but it's that death roll. The death roll those things do is just the way they film it and to be in that confined cave space just fighting off this 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 creature that comes from like millions of years ago, right? And has evolved into the perfect killing machine, but the way it kills with that death roll and the sounds and like the cave shakes and it's just a it's just a it's like it's like a mean Jurassic Park but real life. And I had to laugh because it it, it this will date this episode, but there was this internet video that was circulating recently of this Florida gator. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. There was just this huge, like, and everyone was like, wait, they can get that, that big. And in every internet posting underneath it, everyone who lives there is like, yeah, we see these all the time. <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, they're, they're all huge, like, whatever. But it, it, they're just inherently terrifying creatures. But Rogue does it so well. Um, you care about the characters. You want them to get out. And the I was sort of rooting for the creature, too. It was weird. Like, um, because it was just such a good movie and I was having such a good time with it. That it was one of those, like, feel good, like, I just like every character in it, including the murderous crocodile. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the the the, the whole supporting cast is great. And, and you care about them. And they all have stories that aren't, like, they don't suck. And they have, they, they don't have they don't they're not going to say apex predator all day. Swim like hell. They're not. Gonna, they're, not gonna, they're not gonna any of that. No, but you but you you genuinely do care about the people who are on that excursion, <laughs> going out and doing that stuff. The monster still looks good. I've always loved crocodiles and alligators, and I think it's because I think I can trace it back to two possibilities of why I think they're always awesome. One. When I was in first grade, my mom would pack my lunch, and I would get these cheddar cheese balls that had a crocodile or alligator on it, or it's from TikTok the Croc in uh, <laughs> Peter Pan, but also yeah. the giant crocodile in Hook. Do you remember that? The one that fucking the falls on Dustin Hoffman. I was I always thought like the design of crocodiles and alligators is like really cool. It's like they're scary. They're they still look like dinosaurs, but they're still uh, mm-hmm. horrifying. But yep. I'll say this about about Rogue because we actually watched it in your kitchen on your on the TV in your kitchen and. Yep. It still like it still was such a blast to watch that movie. You can watch that movie anywhere, and it's still going to be good, and it's still going to be effective. Yep. It's still going to rock. And yeah, and any filmmakers out there who are taking notes, if you're trying to sketch in characters without a lot of screen time, but still make people care about them, watch this movie because they just did such a good job with that. Yeah, and like none of it's like none of it was like super ham-fisted. Like none of it nope. felt forced, and. You know they 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 didn't really jaws it with the crocodile or the alligator. It's a crocodile, right? Or it's a crocodile. Yeah, crocodile? it's a crocodile. Um, they didn't really jaws it. Where like you don't see it a lot. Like you do see it quite a bit, but it never loses its flavor because the, that's the other thing. <laughs> this fucker's huge. Like yep. it's a. I mean, he, I mean, he's a giant. This is. I think this is a. He's giant huge, but movie. it's not. He's huge, but it's not implausibly large. It's not like yes. they made. You know, they, it's not like they made him Cloverfield size. He's just a big, big version of what they are, right? And it's uh It it's funny because at the end they give you that newspaper clipping Texas Chainsaw feel where you're seeing like all these missing people and murders, and you're like, oh, it's this Croc's been 
eating people here for like decades, you know, like, like whatever, like he's a serial killing croc. And it's, it's, it's just, it's an, it's an amazing movie. He's, he's, I, I can, I consider him a dragon. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Well, it's, it's the, it's the layer. It's, it's sitting in the layer for me. Yeah. All right. So that's number, uh, uh, 50, 57 here. All right, let me get my, my timer. Uh, dun, 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 dun. Uh, <laughs> uh, are the lights going out or is it just this? I can't think of anyone for this one. Annabelle Creation. <laughs> Annabelle Creation. It tripped me up. I was like, do I go with the doll? But my scene doesn't involve the doll. No. But yeah. it all kind of wraps up there. Annabelle Creations, which I think was one of the uh front runner not front runners one of one of the first films that decided to start making sequels great yep. because it's that weird time frame where like like i i actually meant to say that for cabin in the woods too cabin in the woods was also that one film that sort of gave horror a, a little rocket boost of relevance in the mainstream yeah i think annabelle creations did for movie sequels because I mean, as a horror fan, we all know the second one sucks <laughs> most of the times, except for that post. Well, we it, the the weird thing is, it goes in waves. Yeah, and I feel like that movie arrived at the trough of a wave where we were in a really bad period where you knew that the, the movie, the next movie was gonna, that all the following movies were gonna be bad. Sometimes it's not that way, right? Sometimes when Sam Raimi's on the job. You know you're in for just great sequels mm-hmm. all the way through and like whatever. But I, I feel like everyone was sort of shocked how good this was, especially yeah. in relation to how bad the first one was. Yeah, yeah, like like no 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 joke. And uh, what's funny is is we actually have a way to connect this one to one of our later picks down the bottom. So we actually have Sweet. some connections uh, for for this one to bring it uh, full circle. So the scene I'm going to go with, if you've listened to the show before. You know, skip ahead five minutes because you're going to know exactly. I'm <laughs> sorry, three minutes. You know exactly where this is going. Scarecrow scene. I got to go with that scarecrow scene. I mean, it stuck with me when I first saw it. It's still stuck with me now. I think it's the best scene in there. And what's weird is we were talking last time on our last setup about how Mike Flanagan has a thing for degloving hands, which actually was what caused our, our two new iTunes reviews. Thank you very much, STL, uh, if, if you were able to get that with your degloved hand. Um, and David S. Sandberg, who I really like, I liked, I liked Shazam a lot. I liked, I liked Annabelle uh, Creations quite a bit. Uh, I think his thing is lights, <laughs> because he did lights out. And in this one scene, it's when the girl uh, walks into the barn and she sees that. I think it's the coolest scarecrow design, uh, almost, almost ever, almost ever. It's for, better than it's better than Harold and Scary Stories, which you wouldn't have expected. No, and you actually, when we were watching the scene, you brought that up. You're like, this feels like something from Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. And it does. It has this, like, it has this crunchy look to it. I don't know. I don't know exactly, like, exactly and how to describe it. And it's also unexpected because I wasn't expecting to get scared by a scarecrow in Annabelle Creation. <laughs> no, but I, I, the way it moves when the creature's coming through there. Wedge, by the way, I wanted to bring this up because I'm posing this to David Sandberg himself. I want to know this because James Wan just came out on Instagram like a week ago, maybe a little longer than that, maybe a little less, of how in The Conjuring 2, before they went with Valak, they had an animatronic demon. Rewatching this scene, and after seeing that post, I realized they kind of have the same aesthetic and and theme 
you know, they don't look exactly the same, but they look pretty similar. So I wonder if that was what the Warner Brothers was, was trying to do, if they had some sort of big game idea with that look and they decided to just scrap that and go with something else. I'm very, I'm very curious about that. Um, but it also incorporates um, the, some of the stuff that we liked with Split. So we almost, with Split, we went with the uh, change, the um, uh, personality change scene. But we almost went with when the beast was going down the hall and smashing out the lights, which is what this scene does, but in a more demonic way because the light bulbs are twisting out um, and I think there's something about like the lights getting show off around you. That's always really scary on top of a scarecrow come to life, I think is a very, uh, very effective scene, but I had, I had to go with that well, scarecrow I, scene. I love the scene. I, and I, I, you know, it's weird because I, I've, I'm hoping that this is true because it would have been true if I had done it, but this feels like the biggest secret inside fuck you joke in the history of modern horror, because if I, seriously, if I tell you, so let, we haven't rehearsed this, right? This is, let's see if this plays out. The way <laughs> right, I think it's In real time, let's see if this plays out, right? So tell me horror cliches that fans hate. Oh, they hate jump scares. They, okay. What else do they hate? They hate when people run and what happens? Oh, they trip or they go upstairs. Oh, yeah, don't yeah, go they, up, they go upstairs. Don't go yeah. Up, yeah, don't go upstairs. So this, this scene contrives a way to force a person in the middle of a life and death situation to go up a ladder <laughs> in the middle of a barn in the middle of a barn and just strand herself on top of a ladder like and it's the ultimate don't go upstairs <laughs> moment like what are you doing <laughs> why are you going up a fucking ladder are you kidding me I, I just couldn't stop laughing when I when I rewatched it because I'm like oh I, I was like don't go upstairs wait don't go up the steps like, like there's only doing? one way down sister there's <laughs> only one way oh and then that's the other thing that I thought was effective one there's another scene where that monster that that demon um is fighting the father when he has the crucifix and it bends his fingers back which I thought was another great scene uh, but the way his eyes glow I think is scary and then he descends and it kind of reminds me of like Dracula and Batman like all combined in one so I thought that scene was great I love that movie I like that director a lot yeah and I have a, I have a sentimental like for this movie because you compulsively pluralize the title of this movie you've done it ever since I met you like you call it <laughs> Annabelle creations with an s it's like it's like my dad calling it the Facebook. It's, it's just like the most distinctive. I love it. So it's I a great. Never, I will never change it. <laughs> it's a great. It's a great movie and it's a great scene. Okay, uh, introduce. I don't have the list, so introduce. Okay. Dun 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 dun. Walking home alone really bites. <laughs> dun 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 dun. dun. <laughs> Girl walks home alone. Like. <laughs> That's so good. That is so. That one, I felt good. I had to make up for not having a good Annabelle one, so that, no, I, that I, feel, is, I feel better now. Nailed it, man. That Back is so. Track. That is so bravo. So I'm going with girl. Uh, a girl walks home alone at night. Um, really, really unique and stylish uh, vampire movie. Um, but as everyone who's who's followed this podcast all knows. My favorite horror movie, most of the time when people ask me, like most likely I'm going to say 1942 Cat People. Mm -hmm. um, and this is the one movie I've ever seen 
where I felt like Val Luton and Jackson, they got reincarnated, came back and made another movie. Like this movie mm. feels so similar to that movie. But the scene I'm picking is the stalking scene. There's a great moment where the vampire is stalking a prostitute and, you know, following her down the street. It's a lot like the scene in the bus sequence in, in Cat People where we get the Luton bus uh, famous kind of conception of horror. And one of the things I really like about the scene, it's the little details in scenes like this. We, we watched a thing where the director was saying that to, to create the vampire design, they watched a lot of videos of cobras, which I think is really cool, and uh, cats. And what they noticed was they like to not just stalk their prey, which everyone knows, but they also like to imitate their prey. So when you watch this scene, when the, when the prostitute's walking and the vampire's walking behind her, she's sort of imitating her stride and the way she walks or whatever. Just the idea that I'm gonna die and the thing following me is also imitating me. That sucks. It's, it's like super creepy, right? When I stop, it stops. When I go, it goes. Like all of that's really unsettling. But it, in terms of the details of scene execution, I actually really love if you go back and look at this scene, there's a, a grid. It's like pillars in a wall behind the two characters. And as they watch, as they walk, it's like, remember that um, the, the, the Moy Bridge horse motion, the very first motion video? Oh, the yeah, where they put galloping. it on a little spinny thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And the horse is galloping and it's Zoetrope, moving. Like whatever. Is that what they call it? Zoetrope? Yeah, exactly. So, like, this, you know, this looks like that in the background because it's got these stripes and as they're walking you can see that the vampire is gaining on her because she's getting to the stripes faster than the character in front of her is mm -hmm. and i just love that visual detail i thought it made it you realize that the vampire is gaining on the character before the character realizes the vampire is gaining on her and I love when the audience is in the position of knowing, but I also love when it's subtle. And it was really, really subtle, super effective. And I, of all the clips that I've picked for this series so far, it's, it's the most universal monster movie, evocative, atmospheric mm -hmm. kind of feel. Because all of us as horror fans wish that like Frankenstein or Bela Lugosi's Dracula or whatever could still be scary. Scary the way they were when they were released. You know, right. like Frankenstein was terrifying to audiences when it was released. And now everyone laughs at it and he's on cereal boxes and like whatever. But mm -hmm. this is a modern movie that is very, very much the same DNA as those movies, but actually, you know, is scary now. So I appreciate it just for that. <laughs> What's interesting is I'm trying to see how we can go full circle. Not only did we listen to the director say she moves like a cobra, but with our first choice, we saw many people get devoured by an actual giant cobra in Cabin in the Woods. <laughs> so oh, that's right. We're just tying it full circle. Uh, was this movie was this movie A24? I don't know. I don't think so. But um, it might have been. It, it feels like that. I I, feels I remember. Like it. I remember first hearing about this movie. My uh, Alex, she went to go see it, and she was blown away by it. And she's not really blown away by horror at all. In fact, the last horror movie she I think she really liked was Kevin in the Woods, which is really weird. That, that we're going like, this. I'm going too full circle, man. I don't know if I like that. Yeah, I got to pull myself out. Um, but listening to the director talk about it, I thought was really 
really fascinating. And she sounds like she fucking rocks, dude. Because she said something about anamorphic lenses. She was like, we all like to shoot on anamorphic lenses. And all of my friends in LA who shoot movies and, and do camera work, they all tell you when they're shooting anamorphic because they get so excited. In fact, I remember my, uh, uh, in fact, him and one of my uh, good friends who I think is like the best cinematographer in the world, they actually went and shot like an entire horror movie on anamorphic lenses and they were just like so jazzed about it. And it looks cool and, and it looked great in that scene that we watched. And yeah. um, no, I just, I just, I just thought it was great. I would do a, I would do a double feature with Let Me In and A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. And I think that yeah, would they be, share, they share a lot of elements. It's a really, that's a, yep, you'd be for in sure. for an artsy, scary ass evening. Oh my God. And I, you know, I have some, I think you and I have some pretty artsy picks in this sequence. And I'm just really looking forward to the next one I'm going to introduce because it is so not artsy at all. Dude, but rewatching it, it brought back. So I remember renting that pick, and just like I remember it pleasing all of the horror fan in me. So I can't wait to get there. Okay. You think walking home alone sucks? Try walking through the Scandinavian forest with your friends. All right, number fifty-four. We just watched this. This was our, this was our big uh, Halloween watch. You know, we had our little yeah. quarantine group together, just like the four of us, uh, and yep. we watched. I think it was four of us, and and this was the, we watched the ritual, which yep. still holds up. We saw it when it first came out. We did a review of it then. We loved it then. Watched it for Halloween, still holds up. And we, I always I always judge how good a horror movie is based on like how our significant others like it because I'm like if they like it, then that means it's a very good, very classy movie, or that's at least written very well. Um, mm-hmm. or they enjoy it and they, they love the ritual. This is my, now I mentioned, I had a pick in here where like, we didn't care about the characters, uh, the ritual. I did not care about like most of them, but our main guy. Cause they're all just, I mean, they're just, broken. I didn't care about any of them, including the main guy. Really? <laughs> yeah. I cared for him at the end. I was like, Oh, good for you. Um, but aside from that, it's a great movie. The monster design is awesome. I was watching behind the scenes of how like they did like the CG big monster, but the big monster is not who I'm going with because I forgot about this. Somehow, somehow I, 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 I completely forgot about the weird people in the attic. And when we were rewatching it, I thought it was so weird that the guy, I, I, I actually, I got, I got, I'll say I got four times as scared during this scene during the rewatch than I did the initial watch, which I don't think's ever happened. I don't think I've rewatched a movie and then picked up on something that happened and then it freaked me out even more. So that's, that's a big plus plus in my book um but i'm gonna go with the the attic scene um i'm gonna go with when the guy burns it down um because the first time when his buddy goes up you don't hear anything but that's what made it so fucking scary the second time so it sounds like they're just up there slapping his ass or something like that you know he's just screaming you don't really know what's, what's going on um but then when he goes up there and you see that it's all these decrepit followers who've been following, uh, what's his name? It's Loki's Bastards. Uh, Yotan or something? Yeah, yeah. The way they're positioned, it reminds me of like the scariest, um, and it reminds me of like the scariest parts of Indiana Jones mixed with like a lightning, if, if the scariest parts of Indiana Jones were hit by a lightning bolt of Creepshow. That's how I describe that scene. That's a great way to put it. It was so... Un- the second time when, when we watched it, he goes up there and they all start moving. It just reminds me of that old school Spielberg, just like scary. Everything's crunchy and scary and it's disturbing. And I don't like to, uh, you know, they, 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 they look weird. But seeing it the second time and, and then really connecting the dots of like what those things were made the scene where the guy goes up to the attic and he starts screaming 
horrifying because all I could think about after the movie ended, I was like, in fact, I wanted to go read, I wanted to pick up the book to see if they go into detail of what happens to that guy because I could not stop thinking. I was like, what were they doing? Because like he came down with like bruises, so like, you know, and they're they're there's their corpses, so they not they got no mass or weight to you know clobber the guy. So I was like, so what the fuck were they doing? With this guy, I still don't know, and it's probably. <laughs> and I think that's what makes it scarier in my head. I think the crew that imprisoned them. You remember the old lady that gave one of them water, and the other guys that. I think they were doing something bad to him up there while those old ancient things watched. What one of the one of the effective things about that really effective things about that scene is when they bring the guy back down. He's been through that ordeal. I, I don't know if you remember, but like the other guys, you know, been tied up the whole time. So when they bring his friend back down, he's like, "What happened up there?" And the guy's like, <laughs> "He can't describe. <laughs> he can't describe it." I wanted him to spit it out, like what it was going, like. But he could, and then after you see what was in the attic, you realize why he can't describe it. Like, how do you tell yeah, like, that story? <laughs> I just tried to describe it for the podcast of what they look right. like, and I couldn't. <laughs> right, that's what I'm saying, and that's what he couldn't even describe what was going on up there, which is like the best. That's just the best. But the design, mm-hmm. but the design of those of those people, along with Loki's bastard offspring, I think is just. I think it's genius. I love the way they look. And and I think the movie's really I think it's a good movie. I really I really Yeah, like it. you know, the weird thing about that movie is that the monster design is too good. It's too good. So mm-hmm. when the monster is seen in the distance in the trees rushing around when they're jawsing it, like you said before, mm-hmm. it's really scary. But when the monster shows up and you get a full on view of him, I, I was too fascinated to be scared. Yeah. I was mm-hmm. too much like, and then they the camera would cut away, and I'm like, no, go back. <laughs> like, yeah, you want, you want to, to study figure, it, right? I want to figure out what this thing is, right? Like when it stands up at its full height is one of the best shots in a modern horror movie. But it, it's it, it's too good because you're you're not scared. You're too much like whoa, <laughs> like yeah. check that out. You know, like, it, it, and honestly, it's like it's like the most Del Toro non Del Toro monster I've ever seen. Yep. The shape of the woods. All right, all right. I got, I got one for this one. Dun, 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 dun. Wax on, dun, 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 dun. Face off, dun, 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 dun. You like that one? You like that one? That's great. It's perfect. It's perfect. That was a good one. That was a good one. Okay, so coming in at number fifty-three. Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai, no, <laughs> and I think I think that's the one where I think it's like 06 or 07. I don't know what year it is, but that's the one. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Like, I gotta yeah. put this on. We gotta put this on the goddamn list. Yep. Yeah, that's this cool. is break, breaking our rules, but this this list was made so long ago on a trip, and and we have weeded out so many of the mistakes, and then we just got tired of weeding about. So, this, oh yeah, we're this. We got our foot on the gas, baby. <laughs> we ain't looking back. <laughs> <laughs> so House of Wax, the much maligned but now recently more appreciated uh, movie. Thank God. It, yeah, it, I mean, this movie was so fun. But the thing is, you know, I have a soft spot for some of these movies like Valentine or, or you know, yeah. Urban Legend or like whatever, where you know they're not that great, but like whatever. But this movie is so much better version of those 
that it's hard to imagine that it was ever like hated as just like a totally incompetent piece of crap because the villain or villains as the case may be are are really well done and then the scene i'm going with is the, the you know when he finds his friend who's been waxified and he's like peeling at his face mm-hmm. it's horrifying that it is that, i mean i mean it's it, the funny thing is it's a variation on buried alive yeah yeah right? It, so yeah. right so like but the just you know putting yourself in the shoes of that process it brings me back to like my when i was a kid i would watch horror movies and when they got too overwhelming for the characters when something i would just be like just kill yourself i mean i was yeah. like you know 14 15 and i was just like don't go through this ordeal just kill yourself like yeah, when Qu- quint's about to get eaten by by bruce and i was like you know just get a gun and shoot like <laughs> what you know what rather just slowly get eaten or whatever right and i haven't had that feeling or that memory of that feeling in years watching a horror movie but i remember the first time i watched house of wax when he would catch someone and put through put him through the waxing process i'd be like just bite the cyanide in your tooth man just take yourself out just like don't go through this because what a process it's just absolutely horrifying right but you know when you put yourself in the shoes of the person that's happening to and then the amazing decapitation you know the head's still aware of what's happening like oh man it's just and the villain there i mean this movie got a lot of crap but his his throwing that character down the stairs and then stalking after him is one of the most unstoppable force moments of a horror villain in the last 20 years of movies. Like, it just feels like... It doesn't feel like there's anything they can do to stop that villain. It feels like if the director yelled cut, he would just come through the screen and keep going. (laughs) Like That's funny. He is just a massive, mean force. He (laughs) he feels very aggressive. And I think think it was during Bravo's Originalist or maybe, like, some other horror documentary. But I remember John Carpenter talking about, like, how Michael Myers mask, you know, it's all white and it's kind of blank and expressionless. And I remember he said something along the lines of like, you can project whatever you think scary on there. And I always thought that was kind of bullshit. I'm like, no, it's a scary mask. Like you don't need to project shit. Like it's fucking frightening. Like, I don't know. I'm not going to project someone else's face. It looks like the face it is. And it's scary. But with House of Wax, that face is that, that his case makes more sense for the villain in the House of Wax remake because it is very generic. Like it's just it's I mean it's just like a I mean it looks like a Ken doll but you ripped off all the features. Like it's just like flesh. And yep. I, and I remember thinking to myself, well, 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 John Carver, that makes more sense here <laughs> because because you can actually probably mold the fucker's face and whatever you you can actually <laughs> literally mold it in whatever you want. My favorite my favorite um. Two things I like from that scene. One, the shot where the the, the knives go through and he the body drags away. But it looks like the poster of the burning. Yeah, it looks great. But but how cool is it? Like you expect you know the whole body to go, but the camera just stays there and you just see the body whoop, without without the head. My favorite touch in that whole scene though is when he sees his friend sitting at the piano and he starts peeling his face off. I think that's where like we both get grossed out because it's so bad. But like the realest shit I've ever seen in a horror movie. Is when he, like for some reason he keeps picking at his face and like you just you just like stop stop doing that, 
But it's when his friend is crying and he just looks up. Yeah. <laughs> it's just his his eyes his eyes did the Jesus Christ. Yeah, his eyes did the sad trombone sound somehow. <laughs> they, they they did, but it's like the realest because he's not moving. I mean, it's literally just that guy's eyes going. <laughs> but like you feel it, like you feel it. Yeah. And I think it's it's so effective. And it, it, what's what's also great about the scene is just how like you know the director. And that actor is just fucking with the audience by having that guy continue to pick it. No one would really pick at it. But in this movie, they're like, we're going to keep finagling this dude's cheek. So the audience is squirming. <laughs> and it's it's so it's, mo- it's probably the most effective scene on this list. <laughs> to be so, completely did, honest. Wait, I've got one thing to add to this because this I just want to do this because no one else will ever do this. And I got to do it. Um, so you were talking about the John Carpenter's thing with the House of Wax, right? This is the only time in the history of. House of Wax reviews that anyone will will bring up Moby Dick. So one of the things about Moby Dick is there's a chapter in that book called The Whiteness of the Whale. And the idea there is that the reason Moby Dick is the most terrifying creature in the sea is because he's blank white and you project whatever fear you want onto him. It literally says that in the book. So John Carpenter is totally stealing from Herman Melville, which is which blows my mind. And the fact that it comes up in the context of a Paris Hilton slasher is just I'll tell you this, dude. Stars are blind. That Paris Hilton song went big. That still smacks, dude. I saw I saw on my Spotify. It was like someone's listening to Paris Hilton. Stars are blind. I was like, really? Why this and that? And then I clicked play just to listen to it, and I was like dancing to it. Like this song's catchy (laughs) shit. She's, She's having her own little comeback. Okay, that was 50, 53. Okay, um, okay, dun 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 dun. Kristen Stewart's actually a really good actor. You should stop hating her based off Twilight. Dun dun dun. I'm just dropping truth bombs for that one. Okay, so number number 50, 52. Criminally underrated film that we just actually did a review for maybe a couple months ago that uh, that stayed with me for a while. Uh, Personal Shopper. This is not, you know, I, I, it's crazy. We had Cabin in the Woods up here with, you know, monsters going crazy, Ryan Reynolds being buried alive, parasitic, you know, things that make you kill yourself and eat, and eat your flesh, vampires chasing you, killer dolls, people dipping you in wax, people sacrificing you to Loki. This one's just a woman trying to make contact with her brother, her twin brother, and it is scary. Like, it doesn't sound scary. It really doesn't. And and you told me about it, and you saw, and you 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 made the case for it, you know, a few years back when you when you first saw it, and you know, I was never against it. It's just we never the opportunity to never see it uh, to to watch it came up. Fortunately, I bought I bought a really cool sound bar, and we were like, what? Oh, no, that was before the sound bar because we watched Jurassic Park before that. We had a group watch. This movie scared the shit out of me. I didn't expect it to scare me. I I I didn't know what to expect really because it's an artsy fartsy Kristen Stewart movie. I did not expect to be scared by this movie. Um, the scene that I'm going to go with, and we can explain it, you'll, and you're very good at explaining because you know this movie like the back of your hand. Um, I was going to go with the first time she's walking through the house and she thinks he sees her brother because then you kind of see it. And I, I think I'm going to go with hybrid. I think I'm going to cheat. I think I'm going I'm to go with that scene and then the ending scene where you see some paranormal shit with her brother. Both yeah. of those scenes are... I mean, they are just so well crafted. Like, like I, I, like I don't, I can't think of a better way to do a ghost movie than the way Personal Shopper did. Yep. The fact that this, oh, and I even forgot this movie has a murderer in it, and and it's it, there's a murder plot in this thing with the paranormal stuff, and it just works so perfectly. And it, this movie is 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 pretty quiet. Yep. 
This is a pretty yeah, quiet and, movie. Yeah, and it's a very quiet movie, but I think one of the things that's really magical about this movie is I, I think it's even better than the people making it thought. <laughs> I, yeah. I, think, I think there's more in there than they were going for. I think it's just one of those really lucky accidents. Not, not, not Nothing against their skill. They made a really skillful movie. But I, I think there's something in here where it's sort of like... It's sort of like um, Edgar Allan Poe. Like, it really feels like a modern tech version of something Edgar Allan Poe would have would have had a nightmare about, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's a very, very slow burn. But you're right. Like, the thing is, when you start to realize that there's things happening in the background, which is the staple of all horror movies, right? Like, you're looking yep. in the background, it's hereditary, it's, you know, John Carpenter's Halloween, it's all those things where you're, you're staring at the background. And in this movie... Um, you realize that one of the biggest, one of the most amazing tricks this movie pulls is this this girl, the person that Kristen Stewart's playing. She backgrounded her whole life. She's she's she put herself in her own background. She's deprioritized her own life for other people. That's why she's their personal shopper, right? Mm-hmm. She's the background. <laughs> Right. Like, so you've got nowhere to look because the whole movie is background. Everything about this movie is the is the is the the terrifying little twitchy motion in the background. And and this movie just decided to make an entire movie about that. And and because it it really went in on that and it was really well done, it's a very unsettling movie. It's one of those movies that creeps in and gets under your skin and you'll just find yourself thinking about it out of nowhere. <laughs> well, what I really, what I really like is thinking about it. The, the first time in the beginning of the movie where she's walking around the house and you you do see something in the background. It's very out of focus. And it's one of those, like you're, you're, you're you as the audience, you're, you're kind of questioning it, but like you're, you're pretty certain, certain it's a ghost. I mean, you're watching a ghost movie. So you, you sort of know what it is, but you're kind of questioning it juxtaposed to the ending it is unquestionably her brother. And yep. and what's funny is, is even when it's her brother, I still had this faint little part of me that was still like, but is it her brother? Like, like, like I mean, I know it's her brother, duh. But like the fact that yep. it's a ghost, it, it's like it's like trying to grab on the monkey bars when they're like slippery or wet. Like, like, you know, you can grab onto it, but like there's something like there's a disconnect there and and it and it just well and yeah and it's because there's another ghost remember there's a malignant ghost that you see earlier in the movie that's right right so like there's another malignant ghost and then there's also the sort of repulsion crazy all in your head angle to it too so when you put it all together it's you 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 described it perfectly it's like slippery like it's like monkey bars in the rain. You know you're gonna get your hands on them. You just don't know if you're gonna fall to your death. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I had to put it on the list because this movie, where where buried messed with me physically, this movie messed with me emotionally. Like on that, on, I would say on like the same parallels like what a Hereditary did. You know, it's not yeah. as it's not as scary as a Hereditary, but it but it but it laid you know eggs where it needed to for me to like think about yep. it afterwards and to, to to give me the willy so 52 Perfect. all right all right here we go all right last one for this 10 what am i gonna do for that you, one Duh. you got nothing to do for this because 
<laughs> You've got nothing to do for this movie, man. Uh, so coming in at I can do that. Dun, 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 dun. It's almost winter. Grab your black coat and hide your daughters. <laughs> I got another. I got another. I got another. No, that was actually that was actually pretty good for improvising. <laughs> so Black Coat's daughter is actually pretty similar to um, Personal Shopper uh, in a lot of respects. It's one of those slower burn, really unsettling films. I love that this is made by Anthony Perkins' son, and so. Uh, there's cool. a writer. There's a writer who re- who meant a lot to me. Who recently passed away. His name's Harold Bloom. He's a literary critic, and one of his what he's known for his theory is called the anxiety of influence. It, what, his basic theory is that every great artist is overshadowed by an artist that came before them that they're trying to struggle with. They they don't want to sound like them, but they but they they respect them so much that they're always going to be, you know, it, it would be like trying to make a slasher film and not do John Carpenter things, right? Everyone's mm-hmm. got to figure out how they're going to grapple with John Carpenter if they're doing, uh, uh, because everyone's going to compare you to, to the original, right? So, yep. so you have that kind of vibe going on, right? So what's really interesting about this movie is Anthony Perkins' son... <laughs> What would he have to grapple with? Like, what is the thing you would have to grapple with? Well, stabbing, right? <laughs> like, sta- stabbing is the thing where he's he's going to put stabbing in a movie, but, like, you're Anthony Perkins' son. So the stabbing that happens in this movie is so weird. All of the stabbings are so weird. When we were, when we were watching it, I was like, that's a weird angle. <laughs> right, and they sound weird, and it's yep. like this robotic... Like wet sounding, repetitive, looked like, and and it's weird because you know at some point he had to think to himself, well, I'm gonna just do a fucking stabbing scene, but I can't do it like the shower scene. So, Mm -hmm. so I feel like he's doing the anxiety of influence thing. So the scene I'm picking is the stabbing scene that's followed with the exorcism scene. The car scene is filmed super terrifying. It's really really well done. But the thing that really scared me about this was the exorcism scene because this is the only exorcism I have ever seen in a movie where the person getting exorcised regrets that it happened. <laughs> yeah. I've I've never seen that before. The 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 priest is super scary. He's scarier than 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 like almost anything else. He's so intense. He's basically foaming at the mouth. His eyes are like shooting red rays. And he's like, get out, get out of this girl, go demon. Like he's like really like Van Helsinging it up. And then the demon, you flash over to the demon, and it's like this smudgy Donnie Darko, like weird, yeah, you know, visual. And it's very creepy. And then the it's the the devil the demon that's been exercised is now out of the girl standing over in the corner and then she, when your camera goes back it's gone and you just heard the, hear the girl under her breath go don't go and it's so terrifying to me the idea that, that you is. want your demon around <laughs> and that you're lost without your inner demon i've never seen that done before and it's done so so well 
that it really impacted me and it's super scary. So the whole movie is intense and very, very well done. But I love how weird the stabbings are and how weird the exorcisms are. It's like a real quiet original twist on like a couple of horror tropes that you never really see done in a fresh way. And this movie nailed it. It's like the first time you have like a, what was it? I think I had it at the movie theater. It was like a cherry vanilla Coke. I'm like, oh, I wouldn't have ever put those two together, but that's quite, that's quite delicious. <laughs> that's exactly there is something right. about this, this stabbing scene. Like, I mean, it's not like, what do they call it? Gal, uh, Galio horror, whatever it was it called. Jallo. Jallo, yeah. yeah. The knife stuff. There's something, it, it doesn't fit into that, but like there's something, I, I call it strangers horror. There's Because like the way people were stabbed into strangers, I think is done in a very specific way. And this reminded me a lot of that. Like, yeah, it reminded surreal. me of that, but it reminded me more, and you wouldn't, because I still haven't cajoled you into watching this movie, but it reminded me a lot of Zodiac. There's a there's a, a lot of similarities to why Zodiac is scary and why this car stabbing scene is scary. Some of the camera angles are similar. Some of the taillight colors, atmosphere are similar. The car, I, but, I, I, I've seen some clips from it, and I sort of got a little, it felt kind of finchery, like kind of cold. Yep. Yeah, but it's smell. a, re- it's a, re- I mean, it's just really, really well done. But to to have that exorcism twist where, you know, where it's just like where the 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 priest has put his life on the line and finally figure out how to get the demon out of you, and the demon leaves, and you're like, don't go. <laughs> like it's just for no. some reason that that really rattled me. Well, what's also what's also crazy about our list here to to go to go full circle and close it out. This has, I think your name's. Uh, Kieran, Kieran, oh my god, I have it up right here and I can't pronounce it. Kiernan Sipka, I've never actually tried to pronounce her name before. Sabrina, we know her as Sabrina. And then earlier in my Annabelle Creations list, we had, oh, I had her name up too. Oh, Miranda Otto uh, and yep. Zelda. So we had yep. we had almost all of the important players from the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina in this one list, which makes me a happy camper. That's crazy. We didn't even think of that. That, that was just an accident. No, but I haven't, okay, so... If you if you liked this episode, which I thought that I, actually I'm 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 pretty pleased with this this block. Like you know this is I mean the first the I mean, we're not, we're now we're we're at the fifth we're at the bottom half. Like this is not, this is where shit's gonna get real real. Okay, yep. so it's gonna be really good. So you better subscribe and review. Now here's how here's for the reviewers this week. Okay, so we had a, we had two reviewers de- de- glove their hands and give us <laughs> reviews. Thank you. I hope you see the medical. Uh, care this one's gonna be a little bit easier i'm actually gonna call this the david s sandberg review challenge i want you to go to itunes give us a five stars hit review and i was gonna say turn the lights out but it doesn't matter because your phones have right even if you turn the brightness down all the way go to reviews uh, type get it get it to where you can start typing review close your eyes lights out so we're, we're hitting we're hitting his lights out film and we're hitting the scene that was in this list so we're i mean i'm telling you I've just done laps this episode of going full circle. So close yep. your eyes and then try to give us your full review without looking. And you can't. That's don't, so don't, good. You got to. It's got to. It's got to be by the scouts. Go. You can't. You can't change it. Which is whatever comes out comes out. Hopefully it's good. I don't know what's going to be. You got a real gift for this. I, I've already reviewed us, and I want to go do that. <laughs> I I think I might try it again because like because like if you do it on your computer, you're not gonna have like autocorrect like you would on your phone. So like it, the the odds of it being well spelled depends on which device you give us the give us the give us the review on. 
Indeed. So, all right. Well, that that's that's we're now in the bottom half. I'm I'm very excited to get there. And yeah. until next time, stay scary. Watch a bunch of horror movies. Uh, wear a mask. <laughs>